Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today's guest is Emilio Takas, all the way from Athens, Greece. I got to know Emilio actually through the app Clubhouse. He's done a couple of clubhouses with me talking about filmmaking stuff, and we just really hit it off on Clubhouse. And so I asked him to be on the show because I find him to be a fascinating guy. The fact that he's from Greece and doing this whole YouTube thing is incredible. And it really proves that it doesn't matter where you live, you can make it in this niche and in this industry all over the world. It's pretty amazing. Like always now with our new interviews, we are hosting the video of this conversation on our new channel. So go over to youtube.com slash ghpod. I got a new URL, you like that? And make sure to subscribe to the new uh, YouTube channel. You can see our entire interview there. Uh, so maybe you listen in the car and then pick it up at work while you're editing and watch the YouTube video. Uh, if you're a fan of the channel, I would appreciate it if you guys subscribe, even if you prefer the audio format. It really means a lot to me trying to grow the channel. Uh, YouTube is obviously a big strategy for the show moving forward. So we'd love to have you over there and say hi in the comments. So without any further ado, let's listen into my conversation with Emilio. All right. So today I'm here with Emilio Takas all the way in Greece. Did I say that right? I'm sorry if I butchered it. Yep. Yep. Emilio Takas all the way from Athens, Greece. Oh, so beautiful. And your voice is so incredible. Thank you. It's like thank perfect you so for, for this podcast, for radio. Thank, thank you so much. And uh, I'm very, uh, you know, honored to be here on this podcast and especially talking with you because um, a lot of people that listen to this podcast and also will watch it on YouTube, they know that uh, you're one of the kindest person in uh, <laughs> our community. No, the, I'm telling that from heart. Me and, because me and Renee Ritchie. I'm holding his Renee, mug right Renee, now. Renee, yes. And <laughs> the thing is that you can tell from the character of someone, my personal opinion, from his smile and his face. And we can <laughs> say at least that you have a huge smile and you're a great person. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I just uh, love what I do and Hopefully that shows in the work that I make. And the same is true for you, man. I've been watching your YouTube stuff now, and we've kind of become uh, acquaintances or friends now on uh, the Clubhouse app. That's where we really got to uh, talk to each other. You're very active on Clubhouse. Tell me about your experience on Clubhouse. Why have you really grown a liking to that app? Uh, Clubhouse for me, it was something that for a lot of people is, uh, no, I don't want to mess with that. But what I liked is uh, being over 30, right? Basically, I'm 35 years old. And uh, we lived the era where we had phone calls, right? Uh -huh. We lived it very strong before the SMSs and the texts and all that stuff. And uh, having the opportunity to talk with other people that probably you would never meet like we met together right it was in a room that we were talking and have the opportunity to meet new people just from the voice and without the need even the camera a lot of times we say i'm gonna get a bath i'm gonna fix my hair i'm gonna <laughs> wear the hat so i don't uh show to the audience that my hair are dropping they don't like me anymore so having <laughs> just to put your uh, your uh earpods for example and talk with other people is an opportunity that I never imagined. And I believe that is going to be a huge success also for Twitter spaces, the space, the other app and other apps that they're going to uh, use on that motive. However, it's a very good place to have conversations and talk. In my opinion, not for long hours, okay? Because a lot of rooms are taking like an hour, two hours, three hours. I know, <laughs> it's crazy. And also what is kind of strange for me is that um, there are, and I don't want to, you know, get confused from, from what I'm going to say, probably because it's my English, but there are a lot of experts there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in a lot of rooms. In quotations, right? Experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a lot, a lot of experts. Like, get money, get rich. Uh, you yeah. don't have to work. And I'm like, where am I living? Because I have to work to get money. Like, nothing is coming <laughs> for free, right? <laughs> it's so true, man. It's so true. Yeah, I, I think it's a really novel app right now. And by the way, if you're listening to the show and maybe you still aren't even aware of what Clubhouse is. Basically, Clubhouse is kind of like a Zoom call with multiple people. And 
there's a host and that host can bring up speakers. So you can have multiple uh, speakers and then you can have up to was like 6,000 listeners. I think now yep, I, yep. I, I believe the uh, Elon Musk uh, did one a couple of weeks ago. And I believe that was maybe one of the first ones that really crashed the app a little bit because you can only have 6,000 people there. And obviously more than 6,000 people would like to hear Elon Musk uh, speak and uh, so I, I noticed multiple people were doing like rooms playing the audio from the main room. Uh, and there's a lot of people doing hacks and things, you know, recording the calls and putting them on YouTube, even though you're not allowed to do that. You're not supposed That's to do that. That's not good. That's not yeah. good because you see that on the terms, right? On the terms of Clubhouse. And I, I was in a conversation two days ago that they told me, yeah, but we disclose that. We say it's recorded. And I'm like, okay. yeah, but... The terms of service TOS of the app says no recording. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't I wonder, know how it's gonna end. I wonder how that's gonna uh, change through time. If if Clubhouse will allow recording or not. I think the reason why it's working so well is because it's so uh, immediate and and it is like going to a, a live seminar or something. Uh, especially when you have these really high level creators there. I remember I was going to to sleep. It was like 1030 at night. I was really tired. I shot, you know, video all day and I was, I was ready to go to bed. And then I got a notification that Mr. Beast started a room and I was like, oh no, I have to listen to this. <laughs> and there's no other app or no other thing that would have caused that much urgency for me to stay up. I think I ended up staying up till 2am listening to this clubhouse uh, because once it's gone, it's gone. I would have completely missed out on that opportunity to hear that conversation because it's not recorded. It's not saved even for 24 hours. And, you know, it did make me stay up late, but it's interesting that that format allows this immediacy and this kind of live aspect to it. That's what makes it special in my opinion. And also, you know, for uh, especially the kind of uh, our niece, uh, cinematographers, filmmakers, I was in a room about uh, two weeks ago and there were producers on Netflix, producers on HBO, directors, uh, casting agents, uh, Tyrese Gibson, the actor. And I was like, wow. am I here in this room now? Like, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> living, especially living in a, in a country, and not even city, a country that is far, far away from the LA and from where the whole action happens, you know? Yeah. Getting in a room just to hear What's their opinion? How they work? How are their sets? How are they picking the talents? And especially if you're an actor as well, like how oh. am I going to start and have the opportunity to be in that room and listen to that people? You yeah. listen, yeah, you listen to experience, you listen to, and I believe you gain a lot of knowledge uh, out of nowhere. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> sure. <laughs> free, free out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing that the internet is just continuing with an app like this. Um, you know, it just continues to kind of make the world seem kind of flat. Like obviously it's around earth and we live very far away from each other. I mean, but here we are, I'm living in Nashville, Tennessee, and you're in Athens, Greece. And we're having a conversation as if we were sitting across from each other, having, having coffee together. Exactly. And uh, this is one of the things that I'm very thankful, first of all, for the internet, if I can say, because that's the, the human connection, the connection that you can have with people that you share the same interests. Because, yeah. you know, you don't find that very often. You <laughs> get true. musicians uh, because I play music as well. And it's one of my biggest loves as well. And I remember that we were in a room in Clubhouse, okay, with another creator. And I grabbed my guitar. He grabbed his guitar. Another uh, uh, woman was playing the piano. And someone started playing the drums. And we oh, were wow. like, okay, okay, now we're jamming. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a, <laughs> it's a different... live jam session. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. It... From... There's no way it worked places. though, right? There was a lag, right? Like it wasn't perfect, I would imagine. No, no. <laughs> just one guy. Just one guy had the lag. And uh, he goes like, yeah, sorry guys, but I'm going to improvise, you know? And we're like, it's okay, it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's really amazing. And obviously, you know, you and I are in our, I'm, I just, I turned 30 last year. So I think you mentioned you're in your thirties as well, right? Yeah. 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 So 30, 35, I'm an old great. guy. That's awesome. <laughs> old but, guy for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, me too. I mean, 
I'm coming up in, in that uh, age bracket where I'm starting to be removed from the next generation of up and coming creators who grew up watching YouTube when they were children. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when YouTube was invented and somebody telling me and I was confused what it was. And, you know, being a millennial, that basically meant I grew up without the Internet as a child. And I got it early, you know, later in life. And uh, it is just so crazy that, you know, my kids are growing up with an iPad with, you know, they're able to watch Daniel Tiger on the Apple TV whenever they want. You know, it's uh, a different world for them. And I'm, I'm interested, interested to see how they, you know, continue to utilize it. We see all these great creators coming up now, even in our niche, um, different tech YouTubers and stuff that are, you know, teenagers. There's a couple of guys that have uh, reached out to me that are like 16, 17 years old doing tech reviews. And they're doing great things. And they're doing you know, great. <laughs> they, they, if, you, if we be a little bit nostalgic right now, we will remember that when we were kids, first of all, um, MP3s, I remember like uh, we were spending like a whole day to download one track. <laughs> yeah. Napster, and we're saying, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna take two weeks to have the full album." <laughs> but, yeah, but aside from uh, that, LimeWire, did you use that too? Yes. Yeah. No. 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 The heroes. No. 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 <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. But you, I, I'm gonna point specifically to the art of videography. Videography and photography was something that you needed to have a lot of money to film like I remember my first Minolta camera for with films and then when I got the Nikon and I was like wow and (laughs) then we got into the digital and my first digital camera was 640 by 480 pixels and I was like man you can have the photo and place it on your computer screen you know like wow and the expensive cameras was very expensive and it wasn't that's why you you needed a professional photographer for example for your wedding yeah. now we all lived in these days everyone can get a dslr and he can name himself what do you do i'm a wedding photographer i'm a wedding videographer because there is a lot of information in the public and also one of the main things for the tutorials as well that i follow on my channel is that we give you opportunity to give knowledge and things that we learn you know through the years for free and make other people learn new things. Because if you remember, we didn't have all this source of uh, knowledge for free available for us. And uh, that's why I'm very proud of the new generation. And I have to say that because I'm very new to TikTok, right? I'm like a baby in TikTok. And I remember (laughs) that I downloaded and I started, you know, scrolling and I was like, dude, what are they doing? (laughs) <laughs> like 15 years old and yeah okay they're all, you know all the i don't know if you've seen the the video and uh, now i'm moving like uh, you know people that they're listening us to the podcast so go to youtube if you want to understand what i'm doing right now but they get people we see that the new filmmakers the new era they're doing like something yeah you know, it's all crazy the time. and we see the results like the Daniel Seifer results, right? On the, oh, yeah, on he's the way, on the way that they feel. And mm-hmm. they're kids that they're doing <laughs> commercials for products, yep. for yep. fun. We were playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or playing the guitar in the band, you know? And sure. I'm impressed. I'm, and I don't know the next 10 years. That's why I told you I feel a little bit old because we're <laughs> in the 30s. If we had... I know for sure if we had this kind of technology when we were young, yes, of Mm. course, we would be better, right? Imagine you have a kid right now and your kid is going to say, I want to start video, videography. Mm -hmm. Give me the A7S (laughs) 3 Or I mean, even I know everybody always uses this as as an example, but obviously, you know, mobile phones are so good now, too, that you could just give a kid that and they could start there. I mean, exactly. Exactly. Plenty, plenty of great ways to, to use a phone. Um, so let's talk about you and, and like your journey as a filmmaker and, and now as a, a content creator on the internet. How did you begin your career? I mean, were you a filmmaker, a freelance creator, editor? Just tell me your story. 
uh, I started first of all as graphic designer. I started as graphic designer and photography for a lot of uh, graphic designers, photography and videography are their passions because you're in the creative field in general. And uh, then I remember myself as a graphic designer from the early, about 2004, I started with HTML into the web designing and how you can, that's why I said, I'm very thankful for the internet in general, because it opened new dimensions and ways in my career. And um, I was following videography and photography just as a hobby, but a passionate hobby. For example, we were going vacations. I was in a full set, you know, and I had my wife, for example, okay, and now go here. Please come again back so we can make the travel videos. And uh, I have a very good friend uh, from school, Stavros, that um, he has a photo photo studio for, uh, you know, weddings, et cetera, and this kind of uh, ceremonies. And about uh, eight years ago, he told me, hey, man, uh, do you want to come and help me, you know, with the wedding? So I started on the department of weddings to do videography and photography. But if you know, uh, when it's not a, a big budget wedding, Usually a creator has a camera for the photos, a camera for the videos, you know, so you can go to people and cover the whole uh, and then going to the editing and editing. And uh, that's how I was introduced to a more professional um, way of videography and filmmaking. Then I moved on to commercial and to corporate works and, um, you know, with interviews and stuff like that here. The video editing now was that uh, I'm a very strong supporter of the tutorials, as I said before, because you give the opportunity to have free knowledge to people that they want to become video editors. And that was something that, first of all, I was thankful for people uh, like uh, uh, Ripple Training, for example, for Final Cut, or Mati Hapoya, for I remember I still the, his first videos on how to color grade, or um, uh, Film Riot legends and um a video co-pilot <laughs> now you know i'm i'm telling you uh people that especially film riot and video co-pilot they, they were with uh, the old versions you know the uh after effects one <laughs> that they were doing tutorials and um as i grew up on the video editing i said to myself that i wanted to create a youtube channel so I can uh, give pass a little bit of what I got, you know, as a video editor when I when I began and share the knowledge, whatever knowledge, you know, I gain. For example, the ways I do tutorials is that I see an effect in a movie or in a, on a uh, TV show. And I say, okay, how, how can we recreate that to Final Cut, you know? Yeah. How we can, and also you have the opportunity to work with other brands as well that they have plugins. And then my my point of view is how I'm gonna create something interesting for the viewer that at the end of the video he's gonna say, "I gained something." You know, I I, I learned something after I watched this video, and this is for me the biggest uh, reward out of uh, this journey on uh, YouTube so far. That's amazing. And you t- you just told me about TikTok as well. Like you're starting to no, no, play no, no, around no. with that. Just playing around. No, I, I, I don't think, you know, something that I told you also before, I believe for these kind of videos, if you don't go to the, um, the way of uh, extracting how to do cinematic B-roll, um, and that's something that, I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I, I don't see TikTok how it's going to be effective if you're not in your native language. For example, the thing that I'm struggling a lot and I'm trying to solve is how I'm going to be more myself, you know, not in the native language. And this is practice. This is if you're talking in not your in English all the all day so you can express also your feelings. For example, this right now, the podcasting that we're talking I'm Emilio, but when I'm doing a video or I'm creating a tutorial, I'm more anxious. I, I want to do it right, you know, I'm, or I'm doing a gear review. I want to have the script. Don't forget to say that. Or don't forget. It's not very easy to say, okay, for example, this is the camera and it does this, 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 and this is how I use it. It's more 
uh, easy when you do it in your native language. Yeah. One of the goals, one of the goals for the future. But TikTok, I believe you need to be more, uh, you have, you need to have humor. You need to be, you know, a little bit more into the, the, the era of the trendy as well, because I can't come, I'm a boomer. <laughs> the, the title, title, Emilio Takas. Are you a really boomer. a boomer? No, you're not. You're not a boomer. No, you know what I mean. Like, I remember <laughs> I had a conversation with a girl that she was 18 years old, and the way they were talking about things, I was like, oh, are you doing that? And she was like, you're a boomer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, let's go over your YouTube channel. And I think some of the things that are working really well for you right now is you're really dialing in your thumbnail design, your titles, um, and you're, you're really diving into this niche really well that you're in with uh, Final Cut, with um, you know Macintosh and things like that. Let's see, what's your most popular? Your most popular video is the Dolly Zoom Vertigo effect and the hmm. VHS effect, free overlay pack, uh, flicker and glitch effect. Um, what was what was that? I mean, that was two years ago, a year ago. Were you trying to be more in the you know editing niche, um, and then now you're transitioning into kind of reviewing all sorts of different things and also doing that. I mean, what, what would you say your niche is exactly? Very good question. So the main niche of is niche or niche. It, uh, so <laughs> I had this, I had this argument or this discussion with my friend, Jevin Dovey, and we looked it up and uh, in the dictionary, you can actually pronounce it both ways. There's no ah, okay. right or wrong way. So you okay. can say niche or niche, whichever one you want. Okay, so my niece uh, basically is uh, video editing tutorials in Final Cut Pro. Mm -hmm. uh, I because I I teach Final Cut Pro, I use Final Cut Pro. I'm a huge lover of Apple products. Me, okay? me too. I'm a big yep. Final Cut Pro fan. And also, when you're in Apple products, we already know you need to be in the ecosystem. So you need to have an iPhone. You need to have an iPad <laughs> because yeah, they 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 get you into that. They're very success to what they do. And also the huge love of the gear reviews and how you can help creators do the best in the budget, more budget, you know, to film the videos that they're going to edit together totally. is something yeah. that I totally love. However, when you do a transition, as you know, when you want to make a change, because I'm a, I'm a true believer that First of all, you can do whatever you want with your channel. If you're not going to use the channel just for money, okay, and you do that because you enjoy the whole process, uh, you can do, and I remember also Peter McKinnon said that in one of his videos, like, it's my channel, I'm going to do whatever I want. And um, I know that a lot of people are, are going to say, yeah, but we want more uh, Final Cut Pro tutorials, okay? <laughs> we don't want to see how you use the M1 Mac. I understand you. I got some for you as well, but I got something. And um, there is this thing that when you say that um, I'm doing something for the people who watch me, but also I want to do uh, things for um, things that I want to. And um, yeah. Sarah, Sarah Dizzi said that. I remember she was very clever, yeah. like one for me, two for you, something like that. Or one yeah. for me, one for you. Exactly. That's, that, that's a very great example of that. Now, uh, the gear reviews definitely are going to stay to the channel. Uh, for the tech reviews, it's something that I, I wanted to do, but I'm far away. And to be honest, I tried that, but just imagine something new is coming. Yeah. And you talk with the company or the PR. And to travel through customs, through the ocean, and come to you, you get one and a half month. Wow. <laughs> so yeah i would love to but yeah it's kind of a difficult thing to so that creates sure. something a little bit unique that you need to be creative like yeah. for example I'm, I'm creating now the video for insta 360 that i'm gonna post uh next week on the channel and i was like yeah i received it three months later yeah. so you you can't do a usual review like and yeah, these are the text <laughs> or a usual unboxing. You know, you need to be a little bit more creative. This is something that I'm working uh, very much lately. So how I can do the videos more interesting to the viewers 
And uh, also, I want to say also to the listeners that they are creators and they're doing YouTube. Uh, don't get discouraged from the views because YouTube algorithm has a special way that works. We mm. might never find out how it works, how it's, <laughs> yeah, how it favors creators and how not. The thing is that when you're happy, I'm happy, for example, I have a video for the TCL on the channel. I remember I worked five days for that video, right? And I'm so proud. I, I, I believe it doesn't have even 500 views <laughs> on the channel. <laughs> but the final result for me was that I enjoyed creating the whole video. And that's a win. Now, eventually, yeah. I believe because when you love what you do, your channel is going to grow. It might take one year, two years. For example, I'm two, two and a half years on YouTube and I have uh, almost 30,000 subscribers that I never dreamed. <laughs> if I go back two and a half years ago, I would never think that from Athens, Greece, I would have 80% of my viewership <laughs> in the US and Canada yeah. and almost 30,000 subscribers. That's amazing. So I believe after one or two years that people are going to see my channel, even for the first time, they're going to say, let's see, what else has this person created, yeah. right? Going back. And then it's going to be, I, we still see videos from Marcus Branley, right? When he was <laughs> from <Yeah>. Algorithm. <laughs> I know. It's always like uh, one of his first videos from like nine years ago or something crazy. And by the way, you're at 29.7 thousand. So if you're listening to this and Emilio still hasn't hit 30, Go over to YouTube and search for his channel and subscribe right now. Let's get him to 30,000. Let's do it. I think it's Thank totally you. possible. You're almost there. Only a couple hundred away. Um, you know, I, I'd like to transition into M1 Mac because I'm using one right now. I'm using the M1 Mac mini. Um, I ended up having to, I did buy the base model version and I ended up getting the maxed out version because I found that eight, gigs of, eight gigabytes of RAM wasn't enough for me with Final Cut. Um, what are your thoughts on it as a, as a full-time, you know, final cut editor. And, uh, obviously it's interesting how many views, uh, that thing gets. I mean, I'm looking at your channel and all your mm -hmm. M1 Mac videos perform really well. And I've yeah. had uh, other friends tell me the same thing. I think there's a lot of people interested in this new Apple Silicon right now. Let me tell you for the M1 Max, first of all. Before I begin, I want people to know that we cannot compare this kind of machine with professional machines that people use to create videos in Netflix, in uh, documentaries with huge productions, or in Hollywood movies. There is a reason, a strong reason, why we have Mac Pro. Yes. Okay. And, so, and Intel Macs as well still have a exactly. place. Exactly. Because right this now. is something that everyone should know before we begin the conversation of M1 Max. Now, mm -hmm. also, M1 Max, because there is something new, it's a new processor, a lot of third-party companies that they have plugins, they don't work yet on M1 Max. So if you're a user that uh, when, even if you're using Logic or Final Cut or yeah. other Apple native apps, but you use third-party plugins, don't expect to work well in the new <laughs> system yet. Yeah. As, as we have covered that, now let's say this, that with a new processor, Apple made a machine that we already saw. It can compare with Mac Pro. It can compare with the high, um, the top spec, MacBook Pros yep. in terms of speed. Uh, it's something that it's very budget-friendly to begin with. And that's why on my video as well, I said, if you're doing video editing and uh, you're a YouTuber that also you have the Sony A7S III, for example, and you want to work on the 10-bit uh, on 120 frames per second, on an Intel-based Mac, it's going to be very hard without proxies or you won't even <laughs> be able to do that. But here you can do that and of course you're not going to be able to do that with eight gigabytes of memory ram because and i have a video that explained that the whole thing of the unified memory and how this uh, structure works is that it takes power from the memory from the ssd and from the gpu so whatever needs more power it gives you to that and by default if you remember with the eight gig because i had the eight gig i returned it i got the 16 gigabyte yeah. 
And the thing is that by idle, it's almost seven gigabytes all the time. I know, yeah, right. it's true. So, so it, it was using the unified from the SSD. Now, the big question is for people, because a lot of people had, uh, is this good? Is it okay? Yeah, it's perfect. For the money that you get it, it's perfect. And if you even if you don't have an expensive monitor, having a 200 bucks monitor, so you can work with that, it's even more perfect. Yeah. If you have the, if you don't need the computer right now and you want to wait for the new iMacs, wait for the new iMacs. If you want to wait for the new Mac Pro, wait for the new Mac Pro if you don't need yeah. something now. But if you want, for example, I have a friend that he's building his YouTube channel right now. And uh, he was telling me, what camera should I get? What computer? What? And I was like, get the Mac Mini. Get the Mac Mini. Get the eight gigabyte if you can. If you can afford it, go for the 16 because you're starting now. So you're not going to do super. You know, you're going to start, for example, with yeah. the Sony A6100. It's okay. You can, you can edit that. And uh, people always don't uh, expect more than they already get. I remember with the Sony A7S III, a lot of people were saying, yeah, but it doesn't have electronic ND. Yeah, it doesn't have electronic ND. <laughs> it doesn't have S-Cineton. We got it. Yeah, we got it. It does today. now. Yeah, we have it. <laughs> and is this going to make you a better creator? For me, it didn't. It didn't make me a better creator. I yeah, got it. Course. Like, if I work hard, if I film more, if I edit more, if I... Um, learn knowledge more from people like Valentina V, for example, for lighting. Mm-hmm. She makes a video, a masterclass, five minutes masterclass, for example, or other people like Braddon Lee. If you want to be better to that, it's not only the, the equipment that you use. Yeah. So you're not going to be a better video editor if you have the M1 Mac, but you're going to have a, a quicker workflow, right? It's not going to stack. It's going to be easier for you. Yeah, I mean, what I've found is that it's just so much faster at simple tasks like going through your clips and just scrubbing through the timeline. And like you said, there's certain codecs that are almost impossible to to view even on a expensive Intel Mac like uh, the XT3 or the XT4's H.265 10 bit, mm-hmm. or like you said, the A7S 10 bit. One of my good friends, Jevin Dovey, he shoots everything on the A7S, and he bought the computer simply to be able to use the footage and and be able to see it. And we are in this weird time right now where, you know, as we're recording this, it's uh, late February, uh, 2021. And, you know, later this year, we'll, we'll start to see more computers that'll probably be better than these uh, in terms of uh, processing speed and and graphics performance. Uh, But as of right now, the cheapest, you know, computer that Apple makes is, pretty much as powerful as the most expensive laptop that they make as well. I sold my, I had a maxed out 16 inch uh, MacBook Pro from last year. Uh, I spent, I think $3,500 on it and I, I sold it and bought like a lot of people, like a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. It was a great uh, machine. And, you know, I I've been doing some really intense motion graphics recently. I've been doing some Instagram ads for some clients and, uh, I've been noticing that the M1 Mac does struggle a little bit when I start adding, you know, five layers of animation and graphics. Adjustment layers. If you go color grading, uh, too much color grading, it's going to struggle. For example, the eight gigs for, for me, after I worked for it for a week, I saw this message that you ran out of memory. It was yep. pretty logical because I was trying to do that. I was yeah, saying, exactly. when are you going to break? Please. <laughs> like, this is totally. not possible. You're eight gigabytes of memory RAM. Like, yeah, now. <laughs> I used to have I used to have 32 gigs of RAM in my uh, MacBook Pro, and uh, I, I I do feel like the 16 gigs is working, but I still think I personally, as a working professional, would like to have 32 gigs of RAM. And M1X. I think that, M1X. Yeah, M1X. M1X. It's coming soon, right? Yep. Yep. And you know. That's that's the struggle that a lot of times people they keep even for iPhones. You remember the era with iPhones? You you got two cameras, you got three cameras, and they were like, <laughs> Yeah, but we need more. Like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still it's so amazing. I think I'll probably keep this computer and just I'll buy the uh probably the the 16-inch with the M1X. 
Um, and then I'll use this as like a render machine or, you know, something else. But um, for now, I, uh, my friend, Jevin, I was trying to go back and forth with like, should I just sell my Intel Mac and buy this? And he was like, do you think the M1 will make your, make its money back in the next six months? And I'm like, yes. Prob- probably. Yes. yes. So I was Definitely. like, all right, I guess I'll just go ahead and get it. So um, that's why I got it. But because <clears throat> the speed increase is so significant that it's, it's legitimately speeding up my workflow. But we both are Final Cut editors. If you're in Adobe Premiere, then there's really no reason to get this because you're still using an emulated version of uh, Premiere because they haven't done a native uh, version of it. Not yet. Yeah. Yet. That, that's why I told mm-hmm. you that there are also applications that they're not working natively yet. They, they're running through Rosetta. And um, that's why people need to see for every equipment that they use. And that's something that I usually say to all of my gear reviews videos. Do you really need it? Yeah. Yeah. It's fancy. Yeah. It's okay. It's nice. Yeah. It does this. And <laughs> do, you, do you need it? Right. For, for example, when I got the A7S3, uh, I was shooting with the A6500. Okay. And I want to have a full frame, a full frame look. I want to have the A7S as a camera. And when it's when it came out, I said to myself, I'm gonna get a camera that is gonna last me for at least five years. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't care when I see the FX3 came out, the FX6. Yeah, you got a camera for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's a different thing, the camera with the computer, because for example, on the computer, you need to have a better workflow. On the camera, there are a lot of things. You need to like this camera, you need to be attractive to this camera, you need to feel creative with this we are not very normal people you know that's <laughs> true yeah we're not we're not normal at all this is all very uh silly but it is what it is exactly so for, <laughs> for for example now i'm trying to get my hands on a ninja 5 from atomos right because i say is it yeah. gonna be better <clears throat> like i want to see a lot of or people have it yeah is it better <laughs> yeah I, I don't think i mean i this is just my personal opinion i think the uh the 10 bit 422 and the a7s is so good that and it's so easy to work with that you know the added uh weight and you know kind of inconvenience of the ninja to me is a turnoff but you do get a little bit more pro control you should maybe you should just rent one and and try it out if you have have a friend do that if you have a friend that has one you might even be able to reach out to them and have them send you one for a review or something we we have time. <laughs> we have time. <laughs> the thing is that what I'm trying to say is that, and I say that three times already, but the thing is that when you have the opportunity on a file, especially for color grading, that you don't need Lumetri color or DaVinci result to grade, because let's face it, Final Cut, it's not the best in color grading, okay? Mm. If it's easy, if the file is easy, it's easy to manipulate it and do adjustments that you want. If it's a little bit of hard file, you need DaVinci or you need uh, the Lumetri because it's like Lightroom. So it's very easy for color grading. Final Cut, when you have an easy file to work with, I believe it's magic. It's fast, it's accurate. Quick workflow, boom, boom, yeah. boom. Because we're working like that. We, when we, when you're an editor, when you're a, a creative artist, you can't delay on that process, right? Yeah. You need to do. That's why we're multitasking. We're doing different things together at the same time because that's what we do. And we need to be with fast turnarounds. We yeah, can't totally. get a job and say, okay. I'm going to send you the first video in three months. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you see, you laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, um, oh man, I was just thinking of something, but I completely blanked. I don't remember. <laughs> I made you lost. I made you lost your thought. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so what are some of the things that, I mean, were you always a Final Cut editor? Were you in the original Final Cut as well? Or did you transition to, to X, you know, when, when the, when the first version came out, what's your story with Final Cut? I tried the Final Cut, the original version, but at the same time I was working with Adobe Premiere because I'm a Photoshop user as well as a graphic designer and photographer. So I had Photoshop, I had Adobe Premiere. But especially when the 10 came out, the X, 
and it made everything so more convenient for me. So for me, the workflow was easier. For other people, they say, I learned Premiere, I don't want to go back because I have After Effects as well. So yeah. it's, it's also, mm-hmm. what, what do you do as a video editor? If my workflow was uh, VFX or an artist that I use After Effects a lot, yes, I, I, I would consider staying in Premiere and don't even think about Final Cut, right? Yeah. But when you do just video editing, uh, that's something that I loved in Final Cut and continued all the way until now. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I I switched from Final Cut 7 to X like the day okay. it came out and I've been using Final Cut 10 and since literally the yeah, day it came out. So The day it came out. But I I was in a situation where I was working with two other guys and we all switched together and we all collectively decided to switch. We were doing wedding uh videography and it, for our workflow it was great. Keywords, Although, events, like uh, favorites. Yep, the favorites. There are a lot of <laughs> yeah, especially for is, weddings. Favoriting is one of the biggest selling points for me. And I, I forget how useful it is. And I think when I show Final Cut to people who don't use Final Cut, they're like, oh wow, that is actually really fast. You know, I just go through all my B-roll, favorite all the best parts, and then just view only favorites, and there you go. So great. <laughs> with with the beam, 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 beam on the timeline. Yeah, adjust the cutting. Let's go. <laughs> I know, and the mag. I think a lot of people don't like the magnetic timeline, but once you learn to harness it, you can really go fast with it, especially for YouTube stuff. So people need to understand this. Like <laughs> they they need to understand that it's a different. Uh, there are great editors between us in our community that they work for a big production and movies and documentaries that. Uh, when you go to YouTube or a wedding or a commercial or a, some, a product show, right? It doesn't require so much hard, you know, process on video editing because at the end is like a um, Frono's photo, Jared, I believe is from Frono's photo. Uh-huh. He said one day that if you want to be a good photographer, Forget about editing and learn how to frame your shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is also for videos. Like you can be a great video editor, but if you don't have a good starting point, of what you have as a shot, it's not going to make a difference. And this is where it comes, especially for YouTube, the storytelling, how you can create a story. A story. It's not always only from video editing. Video yeah. editing is nice. It's trendy. It has this. Whoosh, <laughs> but yeah okay the story the end how you're gonna the, the nice image like i admire people in our community and there are plenty to start saying names that you see their videos and they're like phot- photos yeah you know the, the cinematography because this is cinematography how you can have a shot that you can have it into your wall every shot of the movies <laughs> that we see yeah well, I'm looking at your Instagram account here and uh, you've got some great stuff, but I, I noticed that you're very active on Twitter mm-hmm. as, as I am as well. What are, your, <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, Instagram versus Twitter and why is it that nobody's on Twitter, but everybody's on Instagram? <laughs> very good point. Very good point. And I can tell you that I don't have the habit of consistency. I'm mm. guilty for that. Me too. I remember, yeah, I remember <laughs> that I was saying, I'm going to go for one day and have photos and videos for a whole week of Instagram. I did it one time. Then after two months, <laughs> I need to do that again, you know? Yeah, no. seriously. I believe in Twitter. The good thing is that you have a, a good interaction. Um, you, you can scroll out to a lot of uh, different information that it's not all only uh, related to what you do. Because, for example, we are photographers or videographers. In Inst- Instagram, we used it as a way to showcase our work, right? As yeah. we had Behance or as we had Flickr. What, what do I say? You see, I told you I'm a boomer. Flickr, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> now... Instagram is related to this kind of stuff. Uh, and also they get a lot of deals, a lot of uh, jobs through Instagram. They, if you say, I'm a videographer, they say, okay, what's your Instagram? So I can say, what? Well, it's Instagram. It's starting for photos. But anyway, 
On Twitter, it's more interactive. And also, you have the ability to tag someone. even yeah. And he doesn't get it offensive. Like, why you tag me? Like, I, I'm not going to get a DM from you, okay? I'm not going to read my DMs. But if you tag me, I'm going to reply. And you start conversation. It's, for me, it's more interactive and it's very funny. Like, I like spend my days when I have the time for the social media thing to be on Instagram, to see, for example, who tagged me, to see new conversations, to add comments more easily than Instagram, that also on Instagram. One thing that I find a little bit, um, when you're not a very big account in Instagram with huge followers, right? I'm, I don't feel it like, great photo, good job. Like, I'm not the kind of person <laughs> that I'm going to go, for example, to Dave's videos, all the videos, because I like Dave and his videos. Hey, hey man, great video, as always, keep up. Oh, you crashed with this video. Great video. Like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so I don't expect other people to do that as well. And when yeah, you do it, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm a little bit, wow. <laughs> They're doing it. Thank you. But yeah, it's something that I, I know a lot of people see that differently, right? They're more active. They're more active also with the comments and uh, to every... Div- I want to comment when I want to say something that you know, it's a more constructive, even when I say good words and I express my good feelings, I'm going to be a little bit more uh, just of three words. Hey, great. (laughs) Emoji. Fun. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So are you uh, making some good little side money now at this point with your YouTube channel or um, do you have client work coming in? I, I, I don't see the YouTube as a source of income. Like, uh, there are opportunities, but uh, as I started it, I see it as a way that, first of all, I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing what I love. Yeah. I'm building this thing. If eventually goes into uh, a, a way of me to be a full-time YouTuber, it's very welcomed, right? Sure. But it's not the goal for that yet. So I just enjoy the process. I'm... Uh, Doing different things, as you saw, I had the Final Cut and I have the Final Cut tutorials, but also I have the gear reviews. And also I will just grab my camera and I will film a video of the the guy who tunes my piano because Mm. I can. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if this uh, changes in the future, it might be a different conversation. But uh, usually freelancing work in all the different areas that uh, I'm working for the past years. Gotcha. And is it is it a fairly expensive place to live in Athens or is it kind of like middle class out there? It, you know, are you able to survive uh, without having to make, you know, millions of dollars, basically? <laughs> Listen, this is a, this is a, honestly a, a conversation for a different day, because <laughs> uh, first of all, we're not America, we're Europe also. We're not only Europe, we are a very small place in Europe. Mm. the economy it's not that great mm. and uh we might we might say a number for example for rent and you might say for example that uh, 500 or 600 or 700 euros for a house to rent is a cheap for you mm. right imagine the mean the average uh, monthly salary for yeah. a nine to five job is 700 euros per month oh wow yeah so that's why I told you, as for the economy side of things, let's don't get uh, <laughs> a different topic. depressed, depressed sure. <laughs> in this conversation. But do you get your work from all over the world, though? Yeah, I would yeah. imagine just through yeah. the Internet, people work with you. Not you, you, exactly. Your clients aren't in Athens, per se. It's, it's all over. No, 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 no. All over. All over. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's the beauty of internet. That's the yeah. beauty of internet. That's awesome. Well, what are some of your aspirations and goals for your channel and and just things moving forward for you? Okay, inspirations and goals. What I would love, first of all, is to be healthy during this uh, whole uh, pandemic period because I know a lot of us had a lot of different dreams and uh, inspirations for what they do, but we realized in a very short period of time that we're nothing, right? We have dreams, we have goals, and someone up there has different plans (laughs) for (laughs) all of us 
that we can control. So first of all, I want to stay safe. And uh, I want the channel to have the opportunity to not see it as a job. Mm. Because this is something that I know from past experience also with music as well. I don't want to see creating videos as my nine to five job. Sure. I want to enjoy the whole process. And um, I'm going to try new things as I'm trying all the time. I'm going to try new videos. And I'm not sure that I'm going to keep only the videos that they're going to succeed. I'm going to keep videos that I'm going to enjoy making in the process. Yeah. So that's that's the goal for 2021. New experiences, new tests, but also enjoy the whole process. If I'm not enjoying it, and also this is something that I do with the gears. Like when uh, companies reach out and say, hey, uh, do you want me to send you this for review? I say, you can send it. I can try it. If I like <laughs> it, I'm going to make a video. If I don't yeah. like it, I'm going to return to you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or, or if you want, if you want, I can uh, post the video. Well, I think your message and your journey is real inspiring to a lot of our listeners because a lot of people listening are probably in a similar situation. Maybe they're freelance uh, filmmakers, editors, creators, and they just want to have a creative outlet and just a place to have fun and to create stuff. And I love that you're not uh, looking to make you know a ton of money on it. You're just you're focused on having fun and obviously growing and and you know advancing and becoming better at it. And you have been your your thumbnails, your titles, your view count. It's all going Thank up. You. You're you're able to grow and change. And uh, like I said, if if you're not at thirty thousand subscribers by the time you listen to this podcast, everybody go over to his channel and subscribe. Even if he already hit 30, let's get him to 40. Um, <laughs> so Emilio, thank you so much for being on the Golden Hour podcast today, for talking about your journey, for talking about nerdy Apple stuff and Final Cut stuff. That's all thank the things you. that I love. So it was, thank and it was you great. so much. Yeah, it was great to meet you, uh, like, you know, again, in person this time, not just over Clubhouse, but it, it was a pleasure. And uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. And I hope uh, when all this COVID madness goes out, we can hang out together, you know, with our friends in a oh, good absolutely. place, have a beer, have a, a whiskey. I love whiskeys. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> I love uh, I, I love like greek food i want to come out there and eat some food with you so if you ever come to greece just give me send me a message to peter i got you covered <laughs> oh heck yeah that'll be fun let's do it yeah when when we can start traveling again i'll, I'll have to make an athens uh trip absolutely sure. absolutely <laughs> all right my friend i'll talk to you soon thanks a lot thank you thank you for everything have a wonderful day and uh again stay safe stay safe that's right stay safe <laughs> All right. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Emilio Takas. If you haven't subscribed to his YouTube channel already, I highly encourage you guys to do so. We've obviously linked it down in the show notes below, but you can also find him at youtube.com slash Emilio Takas, E-M-I-L-I-O-T-A-K-A-S. If you guys have any suggestions or guests that you would love to see featured on the show, would you please reach out to me either on Twitter or Instagram, Twitter at Dave Mays, Instagram at Dave Mays underscore. I really appreciate you guys listening every single week. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays, and I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>